Axis Mundi. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. Our show is hosted in a partnership with the CAP Center, UCSB, and I'm here today with my co-host. I'm Dan Miller, professor of religion and social thought at Landmark College. As always, uh, glad to see you, Brad. Yeah. So we are in the teeth of the semester, about to have a time change. And uh, I was like thinking, oh, we're going to fall back this weekend. It's going to be great. I'm going to sleep in an hour. And then I realized I, I'm not going to do that because I have a one-year-old and uh, the one-year-old doesn't seem to care about daylight savings time. For I've tried to explain it to her. And uh, nonetheless, she refuses to listen. So I don't think I'll actually be sleeping in. It's funny how that works. Yeah, I, I had little ones that were, uh, you know, 5 a.m. risers. So the spring forward one was always the worst because you're just looking at the clock. You're like, sweet. Sweet. When you learn how to, when you, when you learn how to communicate with the one-year-old and explain to them the benefits of adult sleep, definitely patent that and pass it on yeah. and, and you'll make all the money you want. So, so good for you in advance. I will, I, yeah, I will definitely abandon this podcast and just go straight into like guy giving, uh, you know, advertisements on late night television uh, after Dr. Oz about my sleep method that I've learned with one-year-olds. All right. We've got like two weeks, a little more than two weeks, but something like that. Actually, no, Dan, we have two weeks from today. What am I saying? It's two weeks from today. Uh, we're going to be in Denver and a bunch of you signed up. We've had like a ton of signups over the last week, which has been amazing. But some of you are still like, oh yeah, I haven't done that yet. And I know you, you know that. So it's time to sign up. Uh, we have an amazing lineup of guests. You all know Robert Jones and Phil Gorski and Sam Perry and Catherine Stewart and Larisha Hawkins. We're going to hang out and uh, and and talk about uh, things after the event and kind of get to know one another. But the thing that really is on my mind, Dan, and I'll just be really honest, is we have midterms coming and they haven't happened yet, but they will happen here in the next few days. And I think once that happens, we're going to feel at, not that we don't now, but this renewed sense of trying to figure out what's going on. So that's the point of our Denver event is to kind of analyze and dissect what's what happened in the midterms with people who are experts in these fields and, and studying these things all the time. So uh, if you're thinking about midterms, if if Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter or Carrie Lake's work in Arizona or you know, news out of rallies in Wisconsin or New Hampshire are are worrying you, then um you know, one thing I would say is the whole point of Denver is to talk about this. So, so join us virtually, join us in person. We just want to see you. And uh, honestly, can't wait, Dan, for that. I, I, I'm pretty excited. And I will be sleeping in a hotel room 
uh, which will mean there will there will be just for like a day or two, no one year old who will uh, be my alarm clock at uh, whatever hour she decides to get up that day. So that will actually be kind of nice too. All right, lots to talk about today. We're going to talk about Paul Pelosi. Going to talk about Kanye West. Going to talk about uh, the new Southern strategy of the GOP, which is perhaps even worse than than the first one, or actually it is worse than the first one. So th- those are some of the things on our mind today. Uh, let's talk about Paul Pelosi, Dan, because we we didn't talk about it last week. And in my mind, there's a lot here that kind of reveals the psychology of right-wing politics in this country and the ways that we talk about victims and others is the way I'll put it for now. But let me just say to you, had some time to digest the news, thoughts on on Pelosi, uh, about a week on, I think part of my pot, my thought about Pelosi, and we'll get into this, is the way I'm reading things uh, the last day or two about this new wave of GOP political ads, where they're talking about they're trying to appeal to moderate voters and saying, "Wait, aren't aren't you tired of divisive politics? Aren't you tired of the attacks? Aren't you tired like this gaslighting when the GOP for over half a decade now has done nothing but, I mean, really, I'm just thinking about the Trump year. Think all the way back to the election of Obama when they became the party of no. Think back to the election of Obama when Mitch McConnell said, our top priority is to make Obama a one-term president. When oppositional politics attacking at all costs became the norm for the GOP. And now that they're facing pushback saying, we think that your rhetoric contributed to this. And we'll dive more deeply into that. But I that that's one of the things that just sort of galls me that I've noticed this 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 kind of gaslighting. I, I know I use the phrase Orwellian a lot, but it is if people want to go and do some 1986 reading of spending years and years and years crafting a party that is about nothing but culture war attacks, walking up to and sometimes crossing the line in advocating violence and we can bring in j6 here we can bring in everything else but that that's one of the things that i noted is that now all of a sudden they've they've tried to flip the script and say well gee god can you believe that those those democrats are like they're always attacking people and so on so i think the rhetoric of violence and the way that it's being deployed is maybe part of what what really stands out to me about this and the way that it can be taken up in different directions and now a gop effort to suddenly distance themselves from what they've been doing for for years Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive, over 550 episodes. You'll also get an extra episode every month, ad-free listening, Discord access, and so much more. All that for less than six bucks a month, and it helps us keep our flag up and continue to safeguard democracy from religious nationalism, extremism, and rising authoritarianism. Check it out. It's not hard, I promise.